it's time for It Really Has Been. Now here's Darren and Dave. Welcome, welcome to the uh, next episode of Hillbilly Has Been's. We're your hosts. I'm Darren Smith, and this is Dangerous Dave Dunkley. <laughs> dangerous Dave. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm feeling pretty dangerous. Yeah, me too. You know, um, me and Dave have known each other for, well, 17 years, 18 years. Something like yeah, almost I 20. Played, I played, check this out. We play, I played with Tim for 17, and then it's been 10 since we quit. Oh, yeah, I guess that's, I never thought about the 10 years after we quit. <laughs> you got froze on the band part, didn't you? I know, so uh, 95 is when we met, right? Yes. So, yeah, 95. 95. Yeah. So that's a long time. But It is a long time. You know, uh, we grew up in different parts of the country. I grew up in Kansas, and he grew up in West Virginia. And uh, But our uh, destinies and, and <laughs> lives had similarities that were pretty pretty weird. You know, when we met each other, we started talking about stuff that I thought only I knew, and but he already knew it too. Like, I'll give you an example, Dave. What's that? You and the Turtle Club? Uh, you bet your sweet ass I am. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> See, I don't know if anybody else if anybody else knows about the Turtle Club, let me let us know on Facebook. Because I I heard it from my dad, I guess is where I heard it. Um, then it kind of went around my high school. And uh, then for some reason we were sitting on the bus and I uh, it came to mind this thing after all these years, you know, just came to mind. Hey, and I said Dave, you in the Turtle Club? And he said, you bet your sweet ass. <laughs> and that's what you have to say if somebody asks if you're in the Turtle Club. I that's how you a, know. It was a drinking club or something at some point. And I remember my father had a card in his wallet, and it had Turtle Club, had a picture of a little, you know, cartoon turtle. And it said, you know, you when you ask the question, if you don't answer it, then you owe that person a drink. Is yeah, it was a, like, yeah, it was like yeah. kind of like a Masonic kind of, you know, right. <laughs> secret organization. That had its own handshake and all this. I, yeah. I, I read something on the internet about it, and and it was funny because <laughs> the questions you have to answer are like real, like sexually orientated questions, but the answers are like normal. Are yeah, yes. they're not. That's what makes it weird, you know. Yeah. But anyway, so that's. I think one we was hanging out in the bus partying and you know probably rolling down the road, and when we asked each other, I remember we both looked at each other like. What? Wow! Yeah. yeah, I didn't think anybody yeah. else knew about it. Yeah, yeah. this is destiny. <laughs> yeah. So, what gonna... did they say on Back to the Future? It's our density. It's our density. We already messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, on this episode, we're going to talk about our beginnings. Uh, yeah. The, this show is going to be on my beginnings, not not since I was born, uh, but you know, sixty nine through eighty nine, which would be the time I picked up a guitar till. Time I joined Tim, and right. kind of just let you know where we came from, what we did before Tim, and just Dave's going to ask me some questions, but don't ask me so many questions. I won't. Um, Not too many. And uh, so, and then next episode, I'll I'll do him. <laughs> hey, no questions. <laughs> Here we go, man. Okay, um, I was just. Let's just go back to like what attracted you. When did you start noticing you was attracted to music? Like, what was pulling you in? 
Well, you know what? I was nine years old when I got my first guitar. It was an old Sears flat top my mom got me. Right. And I'm like, what am I going to Because I was into sports back then. And that's what my thing was, you know, in school and all that. And I thought, what am I going to do with this? And I started picking around on it. And I, I so you, didn't, it. you didn't care when you got it? Or, or you was no. trying to get it? No, you didn't no, care. No, I didn't, it I didn't care. It was yeah, it came around. Yeah, right. and I mean, I couldn't play it. So I was like, what am I going to do with this? Like, you know, you beat around on it and right. throw it around. and Falls but I ended, over and you don't care. Yeah, I ended up, my mom gave, talked me into taking uh, guitar lessons from this hippie chick. Because back then, you know, 60s, she was like this flower child kind of chick uh, from uh, Lawrence there from the Kansas University is where, you know, right. she was like a graduate student. Our name, I can't even remember her name. But How old was you? I was nine. nine yeah. yeah, I was nine. I was going to ask you if she was hot, but you probably wouldn't have noticed at that point. She was hot in a Judy Collins sort of way. And now like <laughs> Flower Child, Judy Collins, Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn. Yeah. That's kind awesome. of weird. Yeah. yeah. And she taught me my chords. And right. then, and so I learned my chords. And then, I don't know, it took me a little while because I, I had dumb you ever try to teach somebody and you move their fingers around and they got dumb hands? Yeah. I had yeah. dumb hands for a while. I tried to learn piano and I think I was that way. I was learning by ear. The guy's like, I can't help you. You're just doing everything by ear and not, you know, the way I'm teaching you. So, yeah. So I, I took lessons for her, learned all my chords, you know, could play my first song I ever played was skip to my Lou, my darling, you know, stuff <laughs> like that, you know, folk songs. Flies in the buttermilk. Yeah, flies no, no. Yeah. And then, uh, so after that, she said, that's all I can do for you. You know, I mean, you need to go right. ahead and Time to move go. on, Grasshopper. Yeah. So I, I went, I thought, well, okay. I said, where do I go next? She said, probably should take some music theory, which, which learns your scales and your, you know, right. where to, your solos and stuff. So I took from this other, and he was a hippie guy, kind of looked like, uh, he had an afro and he kind of looked like uh, the dude that plays lead for Fleetwood Mac, uh, Lindsay Buckingham. Yeah, kind of looked like him, dressed like him and everything. Right. And so I hated it. I hated it because it was <laughs> too so much. Yeah. Book. Well, yeah, too much book and too much structure and too much. I should have stayed in it because it would have helped me later on. But it's a big, that's a big mountain to get over. I wasn't good at that either, man. I always felt like it was going to impede on my freedom, <laughs> you know, to play. You know, I don't. Yeah, I took about two two lessons and I said, this is bull. And so I, I, I started listening to records and, you know, record records back then, you know, and radio and, right. and just, that's how I started. And, and I was like nine, 10. I, I, it wasn't until I was probably 12 or 13 when I actually played out somewhere with a band, you know? Okay. Don't get ahead of me then. So I'm going to go back and ask you, what did the radio mean to you? Oh, man, everything. I mean, it was kind of a weird time, and it, I was in a weird place because my uh, my mom was, I don't know, she liked all kinds of music, you know, 50s, right. 60s. I was you know. a lot of different stuff, too. Yeah, and my dad was stone country, you know. Right. Uh, if any, because he wasn't really big in music. You know, he was a construction worker. He didn't really right. give a crap about music. But – you know, back then there was a big resurgence of the '50s and '60s, and and the country, you know, and and uh, and rock and roll. But the rock and roll was more America, 
yeah. Eagles, stuff like that, you know. And I listened to right. a bunch of that. Listen to a lot of Elton John. I listened to, right. which is weird because you'd think, you know, want to play guitar, I listen to a lot of uh, guitar stuff, you know. Right. I listened, and I did. You get that influence on the radio all the time. It's huge, you know, wide variety of stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then when, you know, later on down the line, when disco came out, I was in hell. Because there's not not a lot of guitar in you know boogie oogie oogie. Yeah, you guys know. Yeah, that's all you need is a wah wah and right. a chorus, you know. All right, you can so, knock that gig out. Well, the only thing that saved me at that time was Linda Ronstadt and uh, yeah. Aerosmith. You're no good. You're no good. Yeah, because yeah. that had some killer guitar in it. And Aerosmith, right. of course, you know Joe Perry. You know, I mean, he's, that's the only thing that saved my life during that time. And Skinner, you know. Yeah. That, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. On the radio, you're getting it all. Was the radio in your bedroom or in the kitchen or where was it? No, no, it was uh, it was in my room. It was in Did my you room. Carry it to the bathroom, plug it in while you was taking a shower. Mm. I know that. I know that's kind of scary. It's small in my ours, but we used to do it. Put it on the floor. I think Mama made it. Put it on the floor so we didn't electrocute ourselves. Yeah, our bathroom was so small when I grew up. Uh, you know, you couldn't even turn around without knocking it knocking your toothbrush off the sink, you know. So we didn't have a shower, so we just had a bathtub. So we always oh, took yeah. a bath. I, still, I think us too, man. I yeah. think so. So did you ever do marching band? Was you ever interested in that at all? No. I, um, my folks weren't really well off. So, you know, I, I always kind of wanted to play – well, they didn't have a guitar in the marching band, but I wanted to play uh, uh, drums in, in, like, in a marching band. Or saxophone. Right. Saxophone. saxophone was cost, cool. yeah. The drums they had at our school, you know, we could, we could get in there. You could do the drums. Yeah. yeah, we were a small school, so we didn't – you had to buy everything, you know. So right, right. You couldn't really afford it. Plus, I was more into the – still into the sports thing than I was the uh, the, the band thing, you know. I kind of did the guitar as a right. – I, I, f- I found out that when you're in high school, um, you can do a lot more stuff like I was playing Friday and Saturday nights. Uh, well, right. I'd play, I'd play, play football on Friday and play gigs on Saturday and sometimes yeah. Thursday. But right. I always had, I wouldn't like, I always had money in my pocket from playing. Right from playing. So you play yeah. on the football team? Yeah. Oh yeah. What, what position do you play? Tight end. Tight end and, line, and linebacker. Linebacker. I can see yeah. that. Yeah. I was a little skinnier back then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so let's. So, where would you go to get your music fixes? Like, like the Don Kirster's rock concert, or American Bandstand, radio, buying records. What, what was you doing? A lot of it was records. Um, you know, you remember remember the old uh, deal where you could order like twenty records for yeah, two, two yeah. I think I still owe a couple pennies on on some yeah. And then you have to buy so many records over time, you know, for regular price. Right. But, right. You know, that's what I did, man. I ordered all them albums. Right. Uh, like, like 12 albums at a time. And then you never buy any more after that. Right. <laughs> Just let Columbia Records is what it yeah, was. Yeah, Columbia. Yeah. So, so how about tell us about Darren and the Dudes? Oh, man. You know, it sounds funny now, but back in the day, in the 70s, uh, everybody was calling everybody Dude. Hey, Dude. You know, I even still say it now, you know, right. what are you doing, dude? and right. so I don't know who came up with it, but they said Darren and the dudes and my name, 
is spelled D-A-R-R-A-N. And I swear, man, you, you'd come to the gig and my name would be spelled so many different ways. It'd be like D-A-R-I-N, D-A-R-R-E-N. I see which, it spelled a bunch of different ways still. People say it's different. But, but yeah, we played under that, you know, name for I don't know how long. But and then, your, and then, Is this your teens? Yeah, this is my teens. Teens yeah. and, and, you know, for a good while until – until I started playing in a rock and roll band, you know. So what was the biggest gig you guys did in your teens? What's the biggest thing you did in your teens? My teens, we probably, you know, it was weird because um, whenever uh, I graduated early, a semester early, I got all my credits and graduated a semester early. So the night of my graduation, where everybody else was getting their stuff, I was playing a strip club in International Falls, Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> playing drums in a rock and roll band. You know, I, I quit right. guitar for a while. I got burned out on having my own band. I remember and, you telling me some drum stories. Yeah. And I got tired of, you know, having to get gigs and stuff. Cause I mean, you know, where I grew up was the Midwest. I mean, Kansas city had a lot of stuff, but I mean, I guess some of the bigger gigs we did is, is uh, we were playing a club that would bring in acts from like national acts. And we right. would back, we would back them like right. Jim's, Jim Stafford, you know, uh, the coasters. See, we did that a lot with, you know, in the doctor. So you was, you was getting schooled on how to do that then, wasn't you? Yeah. Danny and the juniors, uh, Elmer Fudpucker. I mean, just <laughs> a bunch of, <laughs> when I was 17, Elmer Fudpucker offered me a gig to move to Nashville. Uh, he said he had a club in Nashville in Printer's Alley and he was going to get me a place to, to stay. And, and he wanted me to play in the band at his place, you know? Right. And uh, my mom said, hell no. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I had to finish school. Yeah. You weren't ready for that yet. I was ready, but she wasn't. She wasn't ready to let you go. No. So, man, everybody, um, you know, bars usually present, you know, lots of fights and, you know, you got to defend <laughs> yourself or defend your woman or woman jack smack you or, you know, lots of things can happen in a bar. And we've heard everybody have their victory story. So I was just wondering, man, did you? Ever get your ass whooped or jack smacked by a woman? In a um, not by a woman that I remember. Um, <laughs> I've got my ass whooped many times, but uh, really? Oh yeah. Well, not bad, you know. There, Just there was. Yeah, there was one time. This this guy, he he actually was a drummer. Uh, he played in in a band with us, and I can't remember his name, but. Uh, I was dating this girl and then we broke up just wasn't, it was like, you know, it wasn't a bad breakup. It was like, we, we just don't belong together. We're better friends than we are. Well, he started right. dating her. He started dating her. He didn't play drums for us. He played for another band. Well, we were in the bar and, uh, she had come up to the stage and requested a song. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. Didn't even think about it. Well, her boyfriend who's, and let me tell you the whole story. He had gotten to a car wreck and he was laid up for months. And so nobody would like, he was kind of a butt, you know, I mean, he acted like an ass, but nobody would, nobody would smack him or anything. Cause they were afraid. Well, yeah, because they were afraid if they smacked him good, he'd be, he'd paralyze it and you'd go to jail. Yeah. You you'd kill him. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't, five foot two, you know, right. weighed about 110 pounds, you know? Right. So anyway, I, we were on break and he come up to me and I thought he was going to just say something. 
And man, he slapped me right in the face. No of, and it's, it, it took me by surprise, you know? Right. And I just kind of went, what are you thinking? And I picked him up and I put him against the wall and, and then it hit me. You better let this, let it go, you know? Yeah. And you know what? I you caught hell. Down, Kansas. I know I caught hell from everybody about not whooping that boy's ass, you know? And I, Except for well, my mom, my mom, yeah, my, my mom said that's what my mom said. I'm glad you because I I saw red, you know. And then after I let him, after I let him go, I went and said, "Bar." And the more I sat there, the matter I got. And I went back after him, and, and of course it was all over by then. But right, uh, even my dad gave me crap about it. You know, he was like, "I can't believe you didn't whip that boy's ass." That's dad's, that's dad's yeah. from the fifties. I took know? I took I took hell for about. About now six eight months over there, you know, from the bar, you know, it's almost like I had to go whip somebody else's ass just to show them that I could whip some ass, you know, if I have to. But I, I didn't, you know. So, man, do you have a? Um, do you remember telling your mom when when you was leaving, or how was she when you when when you went to her and said, "I got to go to Nashville. It's time for me to go." Well, when I started playing in that rock and roll band, because we were on the road all the time, right. And, uh, she, uh, she knew, she knew she was excited about it. And she actually, uh, came and, uh, to Nashville to see me. She was worried about me. Uh, All right. yeah, because, uh, on Thanksgiving, she said, are you eating Turkey? She called me and I, are you eating Turkey? And I said, well, I'm eating Turkey bologna. <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of kidding, but I wasn't really kidding. And right. She got worried about me and came down here. I spent a Thanksgiving alone in Nashville. Not alone, but not home, you know. Well, you know, it's funny. is I, we, we moved down here as a band. We had a band called Southwind. And our drummer, he had been in Nashville. And he was a uh, – back then they had, what you know, st- uh, studio guys that uh, played in the what, – what do you call them? They, they play in the same studio all the time. The, Just like the, the studio – like the yeah, house band? The house, yeah, it's like the house studio players. Right. Well, he was he was at Polly Fox Studios there in Nashville. He was the the, the house drummer, right. and uh, he had moved back home to take care of his mom back to Kansas City. And we got hooked up. He's a great drummer and taught me a lot about uh, timing. And and you know, I would sit there when I moved to Nashville because he didn't have no gig at the time. I'd sit there with a metronome. And I just yeah. run run scales with the metronome all the right. way up and down the guitar. That's a great time at a musician's life. <laughs> yeah, so he's the one that actually talked talked me into moving. We we came down here a couple times in Nashville, and we actually recorded a couple times down here. And I, I in fact, I did a session at Polly Fox, and it was a uh, one of those that you do a demo session for a publishing company where you do the songs, you know, from the writers. Right. And some of the most hideous freaking songs I ever heard, man. <laughs> and I and they wanted me to sing them on them too. And, they, and I, there was this song called "Winking Blinking Slot Machines," and it was hideous. <laughs> you remember that stuff? Oh That's man, funny. because you know, because I had to sing it. And oh, oh yeah, and they, they kept saying you need to be more animated, more animated. And I said this song sucks. You know what? <laughs> How, how can I get animated about something like this? But remember the I, love, love, love demo you you made. Oh yeah, time? yeah. Love, I had one, one word in it. Thirty sometimes or something. Yeah, and then he wanted to put background vocals on it. You just said love, 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 love. 
It, it shows you what kind of musical horrors we could be, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah, I think we was just trying to make tennis shoe money or something. Yeah, it was pretty hideous, man. That was so funny. I go, uh, okay, where? What, what else is in here? Is that like the background? He goes, no, that's the whole song. Love, 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 love. Love, 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 love. Yeah, the lyric sheet said nothing but love. I mean, come on. And then give a lyric sheet to the background. Had two people come in. Oh, my God. Had everybody charts and lyric sheets. That's awesome. Had two people come in to sing backgrounds, and all they sang was love, 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 over and over. Great. So, man, did anybody um, from your area or from your neighborhood, did you ever see anybody make it? Uh, well, you know what's funny is that kind of like me and you together writing songs and friendship, I had a friend I met in the second grade back mm -hmm. home. His name is Marty Henderson, and mm -hmm. we were like peas and carrots. You know, we he played bass, I played guitar. We were in a talent show when we were in in school, probably grade school. We played Jeremiah was a bullfrog, and. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, and then uh, we all the way through. I mean, he was. We played together all that time. You know, I don't know, twenty years. You know, before I moved to right. Nashville, and actually, he moved to Nashville with me uh, at, in the band. Right. And uh, he just missed home and went home. But uh, he was like me. We wrote songs together. We 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 did about everything together, like me and you did. You know. Right. It was. Right. It was he's a. In fact, when I went home this year, my mom my mom passed away this year. I flew home and he picked me up at the airport. We hung out together and talked about old times and stuff. And he's, right. a, he's a he's a he's a big time realtor now. He's he got the, he's got a real job, man, and he's doing really well. Real realtor as a realtor. Yeah, yeah. I think it really nice. So, um, man, when you so you, when you was a kid, what, at what point in all this did you? dream of did you ever dream of being famous i mean could you vision it no no you know what's funny is is all i wanted to do really was to um especially even when i moved to nashville all i wanted to do because i always had my own band did my own singing did my own playing you know had my own thing but really i didn't want to be an artist i just wanted to because I, I didn't think i sang good enough all i wanted to do was to play for an artist ride a bus Play gigs. That's exactly my. I, when I was eight years old, my mother told me when you was eight years old, you said, she said that you looked at me and said, "Mom, do you care when I get older if I'm if I play rock and roll?" That's how I asked. Oh, her. Yeah. And then then she said, "I don't." She said, "I I wanted to play in a famous rock and roll band, like you know." She yeah. Didn't stop tell her I wanted to be a famous singer, Elvis, or I wanted to play in the band, you know. And yeah. that's all I saw myself doing, man. Well, you, you should know? have been you should have been an artist because you you sing your butt off. Oh, well, maybe maybe in the '30s when there wasn't a video. <laughs> oh man! So I guess you never told anybody you was going to get famous or anything, did you? So if you if you didn't think that way, no, not at all. So in all this, you know, all this is going on in your twenties or. During all this time, music ever just smack you right in the face and make you go, man, I can't do this. I'm, I'm going to go home or I quit. I yeah. Go. Oh, man, many times, Job. you know, uh, when, it, you know, whenever the gigs started, I don't know, there was a time when the gigs started thinning out for some reason. And, and uh, I was like trying to book and take care of everybody and do everything. And I was like, man, you know, screw this, you know, I'm like, so I quit for a while and just 
hung out and, and worked a gig, worked a job, you know. You had some construction skills, didn't you? Your old man teaches. Yeah. Something. You know, my first job was at actually Kmart Distribution Center. Was and, it? Oh, yeah. In fact, my friend Marty, we, me and him went there at the same time, applied and got the job. And awesome. so we worked there, worked a day shift, and they had a lot of overtime that we could do. And, right. and, and you know, I would probably work there for a good while, not not over years or anything, but for a while we we bought these two little Honda motorcycles and we just ride to work and then get off and ride. And then one day we were working and they had this dude named Frank and he had been there for like thirty years, you know. And he carried a lunchbox. I went and bought my first lunchbox and I brought it in there and I was like, oh hell no, no, I can't do this no more. Uh, and uh, that's when I started playing drums. Is it really? Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Played for a rock and roll band that uh, it was a three piece with a, a girl singer, Teresa. She was really right. good. But we played, you know, proms and, you know, clubs, rock, rock clubs. Because we did like Hendrix and Joplin and stuff like that. So before the McGraw gig, what was the uh, what was the biggest gig you ever did? What's the biggest gig you you got the? Well, you know what's funny. What's funny is I I worked for uh, David Frizzell, uh before Tim, and right. uh, you know right in the like the Shelley West David Frizzell Shelley West thing, and uh, so I, I think the biggest gig I did with David is we did a Lefty Frizzell, uh statue unveiling in Corsicana, Texas. And it was a huge right. deal. It was a huge deal. I mean, there was a bunch of people there, a bunch of artists, a bunch of stuff. That was a pretty big deal. And then what's funny about that is after Tim, uh, you know, he called me up and I actually went out again with him afterwards right. and did some shows right. with him. Right. But during that time that before Tim, BT, before Tim, um, <laughs> I think the big, really the biggest gig, I guess, was uh, Billy Bob. In Texas, with uh, oh, Merle really? yeah, Merle Haggard. Oh, we you opened for Merle Well, you opened you for him, yeah. Oh, that's killer. Yeah, I is got to meet him. And, is that huh? when you met him in the in the bathroom? Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. You want yeah. to tell me about that? No, no, no. We won't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, Moving on. Yeah, but you know what's funny about that is somehow, and I don't know how, I ended up with a board tape of that show. And it was Haggard doing a bunch of uh, lefty songs, you know, at, at Billy Bob's. I had a live tape of it, a cassette. Where it came from, I have no idea or how I even got a hold of it. But right. I had that thing for years, you know. It's pretty wild. So, uh, well, Dad, it's probably about time for a song, isn't it? Song of the week. Week, 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 week. You know what? I was thinking, Dave, Ben's we're talking about me. Um, I've got a tune and uh, that was sent to me by Marty. Um, I, not the one I was looking for, but this is kind of, and, and, and you all understand this is a live recording and it's in a club somewhere and it's an instrumental of me playing. It's called Strat Guitar Rag. And, and what's weird about it is that uh, I played uh, a lot of different tunes in it, like guitar country tunes in it, you know, like Wildwood Flower and uh, Under the Double Eagle and 
and and uh, the theme from the monsters and stuff like that. But what's what's cool about it is I played the first thing, the first deal, right like a normal guitar, and then the rest of the time I'm playing with my hands over the top of the guitar upside down. Nice. So what? So you know, if you hear something weird, there's a lot of uh, Roy Clark digging it, digging it, picking it in. So <laughs> that's when you learn to be busy, and then you learn not to be busy later, right? But you got to remember, I was 16 years old, 16, 17 years old. So we're gonna hear you play. At, we're gonna hear you play some guitar at 16. Yeah, and the mix is not real good because back when we were 16, you know, you know how we recorded things. We I had a eight track recorder right put in put in an eight track hit record and then you have one mic that hangs down from the ceiling right. at the right. club and that's what you record with right. so you know the mix isn't good uh but it's fun it's funny to listen to now you know because uh this is before i had any taste so i just playing you know Excellent. but we all but we won a lot of uh, battle of the bands with just playing that one song excellent <laughs> yeah all right, well, this is called Strat Guitar Ray. Before you feature Jerry Smith on the guitar. This is a little instrumental for you. With Strat Guitar Ray.
Mm, that was hideous. But <laughs> uh, it's, it's always good to go back to your roots and go, what? I'm glad that's over with. That's pretty bold you put it out there, man. I love it. Thank, oh, thanks whatever, man. It doesn't matter now. It certainly you know, doesn't. It gives it's a crap now. Cool. It's kind of cool to hear where you was at at 16. You know? I oh, know what, God. You, what you did later. So that's, that's nice to, to hear. Yeah. Well, you know what, Dave? Our... Uh, uh, name our goat. That that's really going over pretty good. We <laughs> we had some people put some names in that are pretty funny, right? And if what you haven't you done it, if you haven't done it yet, go to our Facebook page and name our goat. I put a picture of him up so everybody can see him uh, or her. I don't know who knows what he is. All right. We don't want to be gender specific on this, so you can <laughs> name him what you want. Right, doesn't matter. But you know what? So, we got the one of the first ones we got. You know who who named it? Billy Mason wanted to call Billy Goat. Of course. Of course. Wonder where he got that. Wonder where he got that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know there were some funny ones. Uh, what else? Ryan's wanted to call him Billy Dean. <laughs> <laughs> and Susie said Earl. Susan said Lonnie, which was kind of cool. Kind of cool, yeah, because yeah. he's crappy and. Crotchety, so yeah, and you know, Elizabeth said hillbilly. Um, let's see, Steve said Pepe. Pepe, hey Pepe, here's Papa. Um, <laughs> Shut the door. Sandy said Gumby, that which is pretty good. That's That'd be a true. good homie. Although there was only one Gumby, right? That's true. Richard said Mr. Butts. <laughs> I don't even want to touch that one. I don't want to touch that butt. Uh, Carrie said mutton. That's pretty good. Uh, Kathy said tugger. And uh, Alicia said doc, which is pretty good. Hmm. Tina said kid. Kid? Yeah, which he is, I guess. Mm -hmm. So anyway, those are great names, and keep them up. We're going to pick one and then try to get you on this thing and see how you came up with that, if it just came off the top of your head. And you know um, – this podcast is being heard everywhere in the world. Everywhere. We're worldwide. Hey, I saw Russia the other day, man. Somebody Russia, Russia, really? Wow. You know, France was a couple weeks ago. We've expanded. We are definitely going worldwide. Might be one person, but we're worldwide. <laughs> can you? I can't. I don't know. I mean, can you even see a, a Russian dude or a woman? You know, looking up. If they understand us, you know. Um, I got some friends who went over and played music, and they freaking loved them. The Carpenter Ants from home, they go there. They've been there a couple times, and they love these guys. The and Carpenter Ants. Yeah, the, the Carpenter Ants. That's funny. I love them, yeah. You know, it's heard everywhere. And um, if if you like this podcast or listen, go to our, you know, and you're on Apple or some of them, Google the bigger ones or the smaller ones. Leave us a, a review and, and stuff because they seem to mean a lot. Yeah, just participate with. And then if you go to our Facebook page, Hillbilly Hasbins, and, and leave us a like and a message and name our goat. And, and I know, I told them, name, you're going to get a name, okay? You will get a name. You're going to get it again. Don't suck. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, man. But that's kind of, you know, part of my history. You know, we, we covered a bunch of it. Um, so now you know me a little better. Oh, there's a bunch. There's a bunch more, but I mean, it. You know, it. 
we don't have times to go go all the way into it because I mean I've done so much. I'm so worldly. <laughs> I have such a worldly past. But anyway, but next well, episode, next episode we're going to do Dave and uh, yep. see see where yeah. he came from, and, and you'll you'll see that even though we grew up in two different parts of the country, we have a lot of things in common. And uh, so I hope you enjoyed it. Together to, to uh, make some good music and uh, have a lot of good laughs, man. That's right, man. Uh, see, and, and we're, you know, we laughed all the way through the 20 years with Tim, and we've been laughing ever since. <laughs> so we're going to keep laughing. Yeah, you know? we'd wake up. Well, I know. we got to laugh to keep from crying, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we're done. Well, yeah, I guess so. Um, so you all take care of yourselves and we'll see you next episode. You know, Dave, next episode will be episode 15. Man, 15. Yeah. Oh, and oh, oh, we got to tell him about name the goat. This is the last episode yeah. that we can, we can name the goat. So, okay. Uh, yeah, we're going to be done with name the goat. So after you hear this, Put a name in and then don't do it anymore. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or yeah, we're going to come to your house and bring the goat and let him go eat all your curtains. So if people are still trying to name the goat, we'll know they're not listening. They're not. That's right. Up. And boy, yeah. then I will bring the goat to your house. <laughs> and yeah. you, don't, you don't want that because you choose right. on underwear. You choose on yeah. underwear. If you want to yeah. keep your underwear unholy. <laughs> Right, that tugger word, that tugger word of <laughs> unholy. Unholy underwear, Batman. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> y'all take care now. Bye bye. Bye bye. We would ride our bus town to town. Everybody was a getting down. Pack it up and do it all again. The hillbilly has been. The days of old have come to pass Even though we was kicking ass We love the fans but we need some friends Hillbilly has been